almost five years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and that shook my world. I mean, it shook my world to the point that I decided to go back to school and study nutrition. And that was just at that time, just for myself. I just wanted to study nutrition, understand the functionality of my body, and never hear that word cancer again. Welcome, girls, to the Get Up Girl podcast, where we are making you live your fullest and fun life. My name is Joanna Vargas, and every week I will pour into you with my stories, tools, and fun radical candor. I believe that when you ask better questions, up-level your habits, and get freaking real, you will have a happier life. If you're looking for more fun, more magic, and more joy, you're my girl. This one's for you. Are you ready? Let's create your dream life. Look good. I really like it. Thank you. We are here live. Welcome to the Get Up Girl podcast. I am your host and your gal, Joanna Vargas. Thank you so much for being here. This is the show where I know that when you ask better questions and get genuinely curious, you can create infinite, infinite possibilities for you, for your life, and everything around you and for the universe. I am here with Clarita Escalante. I got to say it with a little accent. Woo! Welcome to the show, Clarita. I'm so excited to have you because you and I had a great chat on your podcast, and now you're here, virgin, first time. How you doing? Oh, my God. I am so excited, and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be here and just sprinkle my magic with your community. Sprinkle your magic. Yes, I like that. We should call that the show. Woo! Well. Uh, you and I love to have organic conversations. And I also put the conversation that you and I had on your podcast on mine already. So if people listen to that, great. I think that's two podcasts before this one. So Clarita, and I'm not familiar with your whole story. So how is it that you became a business owner? Because what was your, your trajectory, your journey? Like right after school, right after high school, did you go to school? Did you study? Did you do the corporate thing, so to speak? What was your journey on that? I did. I actually, I immigrated from Mexico here when I was uh, a teenager. I went into college, learned a huge new, I mean, language. Yeah. And, um, and that led me to, I wanted to be a social worker. I wanted to help others. I wanted to do all of that thing. And once um, I graduated from college, I went into Child Protective Services. And um, that's where my corporate career started. I um, studied that. I went into it. And it was just a job that I was not ready to do it. I wanted to help people. But at that time, and as we go through my story, you'll you'll see why I'm I'm saying this. At that time, I needed help. <laughs> so I needed that. <laughs> right. That I and still raising my hand. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And I'm like, and here I am, you know, a young 20 year old thinking I can change the world. Well, I needed to change my world first before I can change anybody. And from that, that led me to um I ended up moving careers. I went into the financial world. 
and uh, continue on a little bit of schooling. And that's where my career was. I just going up the ladder. And almost five years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer, with breast cancer specific. And that shook my world. Um, I mean, if you think about it, it's just something that is just so traumatic and it shook my world to the point that I decided to go back to school and study nutrition. And that was just at that time, just for myself. I just wanted to study nutrition, understand the functionality of my body and never hear that word cancer again. And, um, and that's where my journey started. I went back to school, did my thing. And then almost two years ago, I decided to make it a business. And I decided to help others, to guide others, to simplify nutrition in the way that it have helped me for the past four years. And this didn't came with, I mean, it came with so many challenges. It, um, after being diagnosed um, of breast cancer, after my surgery and all of that, I was sitting in this victim mode that I often call for almost a year, just, you know, blaming myself, asking myself the wrong questions and just victimizing myself over and over and over again. And that after sitting on that victim mode for a year, I just decided to do something about it. And that's when I went back to school. But I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that because I don't want people to think, oh, everything was so easy for her. You know, she got the lesson, she she learned and she moved on. No, I was sitting in that jackiness for almost a year. Wow. Okay. I want to back up just a little bit because when you came from Mexico in your teens, because I think this is brilliant. Did you speak any English when you came over? No, none. Zero. Wow. And then how quickly did you pick up English? Oh, my God. I would say like it took me like about a year because I think it, there's a difference. When I was in Mexico, they do teach you English. And one thing is that you go into one hour class, you know, you learn a little bit of another language and then you go home and speak your own language. You know, yeah. here I was immersed in it. And I think it's just, it's just, it took a little bit uh, less. It was the year that I kind of felt a little bit more uncomfortable with that. But I mean, if you can hear me, you can still hear my accent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so cute and sexy. It's never going away. <laughs> yeah, because my Spanish is not that great. It was really good at one point in high school, but yeah, total immersion. And then when you're not in it, lose it. I lost it so quickly. Right. And I'm like, I know if I'm just immersed in it quickly or like for a, I don't know, maybe I'm just guessing a month or something. I know I could just pick it up right back up again. So that was very interesting to me. Wow. And you went to college and everything of learning a whole new language. That's phenomenal. Okay. Also, I wanted to tap back in on uh, the CPS, Child Protective Services. How long were you in that, that career? And what was the most fulfilling part about that? Because I have never met anybody that worked for that profession. So that's intriguing to me. Yes, I was there for almost four years. And it, I mean, there were just so many parts that I loved. You know, I just loved when I was able to to just get all of these kids together, like siblings, uh, what I'm talking about, okay. all of 
siblings in the same household. That was just the best part for me. And, and the reason why I mentioned this, if you talk to another person who is in this business or who not in this business, but in this field, um, that often happens where we can't put them in the same household. And those kids are already so traumatized. They have so much things going on. And sometimes the siblings are that what really grounds them and what really um, have a purpose in their lives. And when you separate them, obviously it caused such a traumatic event for them. So being able to put them together in the same household, at least, yes, of course, is not their home and they don't want to be there, but at least there is some similarity, you know, that they know each other and they feel safe with each other and they trust each other because sometimes that is the, the sibling is the only other person that they trust. And when I realized that I was that it was not the best place for me to be able to help others at that time. Um, and this is maybe for another podcast, but during one of the events, it was a really bad uh, scene that night. I walk in and the kids um, burned themselves with hot water. They were trying to warm up one of the little kids, their milk. And he literally had second degrees on all of his body, him and his sister. And um, these kids have been sexually abused, have been verbally abused, physically abused, all of these things. Somebody called CPS. We went in and I was in shock when I saw what had happened to them. And it was just it was just insane. I have never seen that before. And being a 20 some year old, that was a pretty strong, you know, scene. And I literally was in shock. Um, and my tears were coming down without even me going into this traumatic cry or anything like that. A police officer came to me and he said, Priya, can you come outside? I'm like, yeah. And then he said, wipe those tears and go back in there and do your job. And at that time, I was just like, oh my God, why is he talking to me that way? And later on, I realized as I, you know, grow wiser that, yeah, those kids are, imagine us, we're in a panic. Imagine them and at that age, you know, being sexually abused, being having all of these things happening to them. They were in shock as well. And what they need at that moment is someone to be strong, someone to be, you know, there for them. And I wasn't, and I wasn't doing my job. And that police officer was completely 100% right, you know? And I think that was my realization that, I'm not serving the kids at the level that I should. Thank you so much for having that that position, like for your service, because I, I don't know if I could do it. My mom was a social worker and I remember her coming home every day, just drained the stuff that she saw, you know, and didn't want to talk about it, so to speak. My cousin, he's also a police officer. And it's like, you don't talk about the job because I don't want to talk about what I saw today, right? So I just have such a heart and compassion for people that, that choose that. So thank you. Uh, I had another question. What did your parents do? I'm, I'm assuming you came over with both parents from Mexico. What did they do as a profession? Uh, you know, I, that's very, 
I'm curious about that because my great grandparents came over from Mexico and they were business owners and, you know, just kept going like, and it's like in my, the blood, right? They came over and you know, the cool thing, Clarita is they started a tortilla company and imagine if they kept it today, man, I'd be a bazillionaire, right? Yes. <laughs> like Barbie's tortillas or something, but they stopped it, but they used to make tortillas here in East LA and uh, East Los Angeles, if anybody's listening from somewhere else, but yeah. And I'm like, dang, they stopped that business. But so what did your parents do when they came over? So my mom was a housewife. My dad owned a business. He owned a body shop. And when it, it was, their story is so unique because, and I'm, I wouldn't say unique because it probably happens to so many um, Hispanic people. Uh, my dad submitted documents to, to come to the United States when he was a, a teenager, when he was young. He was single. Um, I'm not sure if he was a teenager, but he was single. Uh-huh. And um, in 10, 15 years went by and he was already married. You know, my mom, he had me and, and some of my siblings. And he received documents saying, hey, we approve you. So he's like, okay, I don't know if I want to go, you know, now. I have yeah, I'm not single anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I have a family, I have a business, you know, I have a life here. But then he thought, you know, what, that it was going to benefit all of us so much as kids. And he sold the business. They, they just literally uh, sold everything. He gathered all the money. We came here to the United States and my dad worked um, until his retirement age on a body shop. So he never owned a business after that. Um, he just worked for someone else. And I would always think like, oh my God, how stressful would it be to be a self-employee or entrepreneur, you know? And my dad will tell all these stories. And now here I am. Now. Here you are, self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yes. Ah, that's really cool. It was in your blood. Yeah. Oh, okay. Clarita, when you found out that you had breast cancer. Take us there. I'm really curious. Like, where were you? What happened? Were you feeling something and then went to the doctor or was this out of the blue? Oh, yes. It was out of the blue. I want to take you guys back to December, 2017. And when, um, I actually have, I donated my hair 18 inches six months prior to going to this mammogram appointment. And I donated 18 inches. And I often tell this story that before I was like, oh, it's something so nice to do. You know, you donate your hair, you make someone else's life, you know, good. And six months later, I was in that situation. And um, I went for a mammogram. It was during the holidays, late in 2017 never answer none of the phone calls. I'm like, oh, it's probably, you know, how was your service? How was everything? Didn't return, didn't answer their phone until I got a letter at the beginning of January of 2018 and said that I needed, that the results were abnormal and I needed to follow up with some additional testing. And that's where my journey started. I, I, you know, every test that I was doing abnormal, every single test. So you get to a point when you're like, okay, there is something wrong, but I wasn't scared at that. I was like, okay, it's probably something they just need to keep looking. And, um, it came down to March, uh, to the end of March. And I did double, um, 
I went and did double ferritin testing. I wanted to make sure that it was right, that it was correct. And when I got to that appointment, it was a Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. I was the last appointment for the oncologist. At this appointment, I know there is something wrong. And the oncologist, um, Mr. Hernandez, told me the news, you know, hey, this is you have breast cancer. Um, it was a Friday afternoon at five. And he said, I have some appointments on Monday morning, but I can move them around and I can get you into surgery at 7 a.m. And my first reaction was like, okay, I'll come back in six months. And then he's like, excuse me, let me repeat myself all over again. And then I'm like, no, no, no. I, I, I understand, but I'm busy. Like I still didn't capture that it was like me, you know, that he was talking to me, that I was in that position. And then I said, <laughs> I'm in training right now. I have to, I have to ask work. At least give me a month. And he's like, Oh my God, Carita, no <laughs> lady. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I was so detached from my body. I felt like it was an auto experience. Like I was like, it, that person is not me. Like, I think it was my brain, my mind trying to protect myself at that time. So I ended up saying, yes, I walk out. The doctor comes after me and he writes his cell phone number on a little sticky note. And he said, here, Clarita, in case you need it. And I'm like, and he's like, and I'll see you on Monday. And I'm like, yeah. And then he's, and I'm like, okay, thank you. And he's like, the reason why I'm giving you my personal cell phone is because there, the majority of the time, there's two types of people. And one is very, you know, emotional and obviously for a reason. And then there's others, not a lot, but you were the other one who has no emotion. And those are the people that worry me the most. So I got in, I got, I literally wanted to cry when before, but I was holding myself. The moment he left, I, that ride was so emotional. I cried so much and so hard. You know that ugly cry when you, you cry so much that your jaw even hurts? Uh -huh. And I just couldn't stop crying. I couldn't, I, I was like, oh my God, my daughters are in college. You just see everything coming down at you and you're like, do I'm going to survive this? You know, do I'm even going to make it? And um, surgery came and gone. And I was invited um, from the Breast Cancer Association six months after my my surgery to share my story. There was 11 women in, in, in that audience and I wasn't able to share my story at that point. I went into at, uh, like kind of like an anxiety attack, which I didn't know that it was happening to me at that time. But I noticed that when every single one of them, of those 11 women were sharing their story, their cancer have came back in one form or another, or in the same form or in different form. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I'm going to go through all of this trauma <laughs> all over again. And I in, immediately internalized that. And I'm like, I can't share my story. So the only way I was able to share that story that day was through a letter that I wrote. Um, and, and it was such a profound moment. And I feel that that was what led me to this journey that I am not only journey to health, but journey to heal. 
And I want to be so respectful with what I'm about to say. And I want to say that anyone diagnosed with cancer or is going through some challenge in their lives, I just want to say that I'm sending you so much love and I have so much compassion over what's going on with you if you're listening. But now with all of the healing that I have done, now looking back, John, this was such a gift in my life. Now I can see it like a gift because that event have actually led me to have the courage to step into my true healing. I often say that I was in that victim more for a year, but looking back, no, I was in that victim more for my whole entire life. That led me to the inner child work, a lot of healing work that actually tapped into, um, I was sexually abused when I was a child and I never talk about it. I had like living in my home, my parents did the best that they could with what they had at that moment. But it was like walking on eggshells, you know, it was poverty at its finest, you know, it was difficult. It was too, they were young when they got married. So they had so many unresolved issues themselves. And then here they are building a family, you know, and it was just so much trauma in my life that I never got to heal from it, that I never got to express and being able to dip into it, that now I'm just like, thank God this happened to me. Thank God that God in the universe came and just shook me and allow me to to do what I'm doing now. When you're in the victim mode, you said for the year or, you know, most of your life, What are some of the examples or some of the things that you would do that you created this? Not that you created the cancer, you know? Yeah. And and that's the victim. Happens. Yeah, it happens to a lot. I have talked to a lot of uh, cancer survivors. And one of the things is like, why me? You know, why me? Um, And then blaming the life that you have had. Okay. What is this happened to me because of the life that I been dealing with. And I think it's victimizing ourselves over and over again, and really internalize this um, event like a a bad thing. And of course, it's a bad thing. Of course, it's a challenge in your life. But being able, nothing changed for me, John, until I decided that I couldn't live in that state for one more minute, one more second, And I feel that that's when the right podcast, the right books, the right people, just everything was in line for me. And it was already there. I was just not seeing it. Mm -hmm. I like to call it for me, it's like I made the demand of me. Like all of a sudden I just stop. And there's like pivotal moments in, in my life. And I know many people listening as well, where you're just like, nope, done. You just like gold, cold turkey. Like you make the demand. And sometimes it's cognitive and sometimes it's not. Mm. And I'm so grateful. One of my favorite questions to ask, Clarita, is when I'm in those moments of what's right about about this right now that I can't see? Yes. Because many times it's like, it feels like the world is coming down on me. I'm like, but there is something here. There's something. What is it? And can you help me, God, life, universe, see it maybe in five seconds, maybe in five months, maybe in five years. But like you were saying, you're like, now that I look back at it, you're like, it was such a gift because mm-hmm. it shook you. 
You said those works shook you. Yes. I got really sick in my life too. I mean, nothing like cancer, but it got, it felt like it, it was awful. And I didn't work for three months. And if you told me, just like when you were with that doctor, you're like, I don't have time for this. I don't know. Are you kidding me? If you would have told me like, I wasn't going to work for three months, but it all worked out, right? Mm-hmm. It all, it's all good. It all works out. And now seeing it, God, it was such a gift, such a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you went to school for the nutrition and you started discovering these things, what is like one of the big things that you took away from that, that you can say that helped change your journey, changed your body? Wow, many. But if I have to say one was the power that we have within us, and it's not going to be like a specific food, a specific diet. It's like the power that we have within us. And what I'm a nutritionist. And at the beginning of my journey, yeah, I studied nutrition. And as I was going into this holistic healing, I realized that I was just so disconnected with my body. And not only me, there's so many of us that are looking for this magic pill I called you know, what is this diet going to get me? And it's like really getting in tune with your body and saying, what is the food that really makes me happy? That really brings energy to me. And I think that has been one of the most valuable things that I have incorporated in my life. Um, Dr. Amen, which is, I'm a huge fan of, of him. Dr. Amen often says, eat more foods that makes you happy. And really think about that because this is a really deep um, sentence from him. He's a neurologist on top of so many other things, psychiatrist. And, um, and if you think about when I eat this food, how does it make me feel? Does it, does it bring energy? You know, does it make me feel calm? Does it make me feel fulfilled? Does it make me feel happy? And I think if we look at food in in that way more often, we're going to be able to like take away or detach from that magic pill from those, I call it like shiny things, you know, what is the, what is the diet? What is the best this? What is, no, listen to yourself. I can say spinach is one of the best, you know, vegetables in the world, but maybe spinach doesn't go good with your gut. You know, with your microbiome, the way that it is right now, I'm not saying it will never because that microbiome changes throughout the day, every single day. And it's just like, just if we can really tap more into our feeling and really ask ourselves, you know, what are the foods that are bringing us more? Yeah, a hamburger might taste amazing. And I do eat hamburgers, but how does it make you feel afterwards? You know? Yeah. You and I spoke about this on your podcast about, you know, you have the power, you know, you are control. Gosh, this is so big. I love this. For you, Clarita, what's one of the foods that makes you happy? And you said many of them change, but maybe a couple of them. Wow. One of the foods that I feel that makes me so strong and just, it just fills me up to the max is a red meat steak. (laughs) that is one of the things that just just that when I'm eating that that steak when I'm eating that meat is just the energy and just I don't know for some reason I feel like I understand a little bit the functionality of my body so I know what it's doing 
and um and it just feels me so good oh i love chicken i'm a chicken girl i eat chicken i'm like popeye da, da, da. <laughs> anything popeye. else oh this is really interesting because isn't it interesting how we're so brainwashed and we think you're going to say like you said spinach or broccoli or something and you said red meat steak like yes it doesn't have to be so logical the way we think of the way we've been brainwashed anything else because i want people to listen to get something you know completely different of what we automatically think and everybody listening because i even have points of views i really thought you were going to say beets or something <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? and i'm like that's bs but like my brain still pops that up yes and you know what one of the things that i would would love to bring more to light. And that is something that I do a lot behind the scenes in the work that I do is do a lot of research on it. And I'm just a geek when it comes to research. And I think when you hear something on the news or some, especially on the news or on social media, you know, oh my God, this item is now, you know, does this and this and that. And it's like, really go deeper within yourself again tap into your inner wisdom because we all have it and let's not give that away because research are amazing and i'm always looking at them i'm always reading and to be honest with you i always go somewhere in the middle because a lot of the research are either that person's opinion you know, and I'm not saying that it's wrong or it's good, but it's their own opinion. And then, or it's also something, a research, a research that it's coming down from someone that it's gaining something from putting that research out. So, and again, I'm not saying that the research it's invalid because it has those purpose or that intention. It's just that we have to educate ourselves a little bit more and said, okay, um, how does it feel? You know, is how, how does this feel? And a lot of, um, the questions that I get is like, after I cancer diagnosed, I want to go vegan. I don't want meat in my life. I don't want, and if that is your choice, it's amazing. I don't see food as bad or good, but I see it like information. I feel like food is like this amazing external thing that it's when you eat it is connecting and it's communicating with your inner self with your organs with your body and everything and i again as a nutritionist i don't think that um diets are the magic pill but also or i would say and also i feel that they have a huge purpose in your life i feel I even shook things up on my diet once in a while, but I think you're talking about step number 10. I think there are a foundation that we need to build in and said, what is nutrition to me? How does it make me feel? What foods, foods makes me happy? Like I mentioned from Dr. Amen, and then keep building to that, keep building. And now you can go and tap into different types of foods and nutrients and, but I think there has to be, and I'm not saying that you have to go and get a certification or a school in nutrition. What I'm saying is that we have to know the basics of nutrition and in order for us to make the right decision for us. And that is so easy, especially in today's society, how available all of the information is. 
um, as a health coach, as a holistic coach, as a nutritionist coach, I listen to podcasts, I read books, and I listen to so much. And I listen even to people that I don't really agree with that on certain things, but I like to see the, their perspective. And I like to just educate myself so I can make the best decision for me. Clarita, I love, I really, truly, I am in love with your, with what you're spreading. I really love this because I am very in your similar boat because I'm in fitness, not in mm -hmm. the nutrition side, but in fitness. And for 25 plus years, I've been teaching fitness. And the first half that I taught, I was very militant. I was that person that was brainwashed and taught people, you have to eat like this, you have to do this. And I am so apologetic now for what I was feeding them. I was feeding them my opinion, my point of view, and then they're buying it. And it doesn't ring true for everybody. It didn't ring true for me as well, but I so was brainwashed. This was the only way, you know, mm -hmm. there's no other way. All 8 billion people on the planet, we all have to do it the exact same way. And that just doesn't ring true for me anymore. And now I'm a completely different fitness instructor. I'm that fitness instructor that I have more people in my classes now, Clarita, because I'm the invitation. I'm the invitation of what rings true for you. I love to say that. What rings true for you? Like you were saying, your feeling, what feeling do you get? So you know, what are you doing? You're giving so much power back to them. With that, just that mindset, you're giving the power back to them and you're saying you're allowing them to just sit on it and say, you have the power and you're so right. I mean, and the reason why I don't say specific stuff is because we're so amazing differently. Yes. Humans are, we're just so amazing different. And I, I can, my hormones can be doing something else. My insulin can be shooting yes. at different rates. Yes. And we're, there's just so many components in yes. our bodies. And you're right. I mean, uh, this type of diet is not going to be, you know, good for the majority of the people because we all have different needs. We're like snowflakes. And also, I could say I'm allergic to dairy because uh, my body does not love dairy. And there's moments, Clarita, where I can have some dairy and I'm okay. It's like you said, it's always changing. And I check in. I talk to my body all the time. I'm like, hey, body, is this going to be okay? Like yesterday, I had some dairy. Great. Fine. And then there's other days where I'm like, nope. Well, somebody could say, well, you ate that last week. I'm like, yeah, but again, no, my body's saying don't. But that's taken a lot of muscle building to create that relationship with my best friend where she's like, nope, not today. Like you said, that feeling I could feel I could be in a different place in my life at that moment where this is not going to be what you would like, Joanna. Please don't eat that today. So that's another thing too. Oh, gosh, I love that you said that to give everybody back their power. You know what I noticed, Larita, is when I ask people that, like, what do you know? What, what do you know about your body? The mm. first time I asked them that, they you could see their face. They're kind of like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like they have to have the right answer because nobody had ever asked them their whole life. They've been told what to do, told, 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 rather than what do you know? And it's like, what do you mean? What do I know? What do you know about you and your body? And they start to build that muscle. Oh, so great. Well, you said before we started recording that you have a journal. I lost my moment, my words for a moment there, but you have a journal and I am so interested. Larita, so is this a 
food journal, body journal, business, life? Is it everything journal? And how did you create this? Because it sounds fantastic. Yes. Um, well, as I was going through my healing journey, I realized that in order for us to embark in any journey, either fitness journey, you know, health journey, wellness journey, anything, it, it start a new habit or anything like that, we need to prepare our body to receive. And I think that is just so important. And that is something that I missed at the beginning of my journey. I thought nutrition by itself was going to solve it all. And I was never going to hear that word cancer again. While I was like ignoring that, yes, I was eating all this non-toxic food, organic meats, and all of these amazing things. But internally, I was so toxic to my thoughts. And <laughs> Yes, not too bright, right? We're so cute. Yes. And it's like, no, in order for us to embark on a journey, we have to bring our whole entire body. That is what holistic means. Whole. Come on, body. The whole part. All the of it. Whole part. <laughs> you cannot bring a certain part and ignore the rest. Yeah. And maybe you you could, you know. You can, and later on the body's gonna remind remind you. Yeah, yeah, you need to bring the whole thing. And I that's when the modality of journaling came to my life. And it was one of the things that I resisted the most. And it, but it has been one of the things that have brought so much peace in my life. And um, I often get that question. They're like, journaling, is this, is this you're a nutritionist or you're a health coach? Is this like a, a recipe book? And I'm like, no. <laughs> It's, it's, it's an invitation for me to prepare your body for anything that, it, that you are embarking, to really prepare that body to receive. And we're often spend a lot of time, especially in today's society, in this mode of fight and flight that we're often here. And we don't spend a lot of time on digesting and just really healing. That is the opportunity that the body has to heal everything, to operate immune system, to get all the things that we need to do, even to write, to eat food. Like you mentioned dairy, maybe when you can't, when dairy is not so good to you, maybe you're feeling a little bit anxious or has a little bit of anxiety or feel overwhelmed and your digestive them is like, uh, uh, I can't. Yeah, we are in fight flight. And whenever we are in fight flight, the body cannot go into healing, cannot go fully into digesting. And I feel that bringing that, aiding that nervous system, really bringing ourselves to a calm state, even if we just journal for a minute or two, is just so instrumental to our lives. So I actually created the Wellness Journal, and it's a journal it has some guided uh, um, uh, guided uh, prompts. It has free journaling. It has a planner. It has a monthly uh, calendar. It has a weekly review so you can just check in with yourself. And it has a section for your goals, for your uh, habits. And it has daily uh, inspiration and motivational as well quotes. So it's just all in one. Wow, how thick is this? I'm trying to picture it. It is pretty thick. <laughs> is it a year? A yearbook? Okay. No, it's two months. Two I, months. I, 
three months. Three months. Got it. Okay. About a quarter. Okay. Yes. Now, are the months, Clarita, written in or do you write in the months? Like, can you start it anywhere you want? Undated. You can start anytime you want. Undated. Okay. Yes. I love that. And do you sell these on your Instagram? I sell them on Amazon. Amazon. And the link is right there on my on my link on my bio. Okay. And yeah, you can grab a copy. And if you purchase that copy, please share with us, share with us on social media, tag us, let us know which one is your favorite part. And I just love to hear from people. We will definitely put that Amazon link and then everyone follow Clarita on Instagram. It's the underscore underscore Clarita underscore Escalante. And then the link is there as well for her wellness journal. Oh my gosh, I got to pick one up. Do you have different colors as well? Yes, there's seven designs that you can get uh, from Amazon. And John, I didn't told you this, but I'll um, I'll mention it right now. If they tag you on on your social media and okay. give us a takeaway, like what was their takeaway from our conversation? Um, give me their info, give me their name, and I'm gonna mail them personally a copy. Whoa, that's yeah. cool. So everybody, you heard that? Takeaway from today's show tag. Me on Instagram, tag Clarita as well, Joanna Vargas Official on Instagram, and let us know what your takeaway is. You could take a screenshot of this video or of this podcast. Oh, that is so kind of you. Thank you so much. Oh, this is exciting. Great. Well, anything else that you would like to share before we put a bow on this? Oh, I just want to say thank you so, so much uh, for giving me the opportunity to come and share my story with your amazing community. And you are just amazing. I'm just obsessed with you. The whole time we have been talking, your smile. I don't know how you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> you can see all my notes, everybody. Can you see it? Look at my notes. <laughs> it looks like a crazy person's notes. I love it. I'm a like a writer. I love to doodle. So as I'm learning, I, you know, when uh, I go to workshops, I'm that gal that takes notes on unlined paper. And I draw my notes. So shout out to anybody who you do. You draw your notes. I love that. You know, some people, they're all perfect lines. I'm like, no, I draw. I do pictures, colors. Yeah, that's how I learn. And, and it helps as it goes through my hands. So shout out to all the drawers. Okay, Clarita, you are no longer a virgin here at the Get Up Girl podcast. Yes, you have been popped your cherry. <laughs> so happy to have you and learn more about your story. We will definitely. Definitely have you back. We'll dive in a little bit more about the nutrition part. Would love to hear even more. And then after I work on your, your journal and we can come back, we'll have a part two. Thank you everybody for listening. Love and appreciate every single one of you. And until next time, remember to get back up and walls and barriers down. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode and know of another girl who can benefit from this message, please share it with your girlfriends and tag me on Instagram at Joanna Vargas Official. I love your DMs. Also, I would be honored if you'd take 30 seconds and give the Get Up Girl a five-star review. I appreciate and love you all. And remember, girl, to get up and live fully.